0: Welcome to Textile Update, the podcast where we can share our passion for textiles, fibers, and yarns. This is Gwendolyn Hustvent. Hi, welcome to the first new season of Textile Update in a long time. Textile Update is a podcast that began Back in the early, early days of podcasting, before it became so super professional, and was basically an opportunity for me to record my class lectures and distribute them using an RSS feed on the internet. So, technically, it was podcasting. I had a little intro, which uh, I updated every few years, and a little outro. I used uh, GarageBand and Audacity, which was free software, and then I used Tracks, which was the Texas State version of the Sakai Learning Management System. So I was devastated when they eliminated the podcast tool within Sakai, which made it so easy. I could just upload an audio file, enter the time and date that I wanted it to be distributed, and voila, it produced a URL that students could put into their Uh, podcatchers on either their Android or iPhones and so I could take class lectures and share them with students immediately. Of course I did this partly because I've always taught textiles online. So uh, over time let's see my original podcast was just whatever I recorded Then I intentionally had one season, I believe 2017, where I carefully recorded everything, used a a microphone, a lavelier, a lapel mic, got better quality. But still, let's be honest, those podcasts are me basically shrieking into uh, room 158 in the Family Consumer Science Building there on the Texas State campus. So I'm projecting to get to the back of the room, uh, my voice is sounds weak and tired and the microphone is nowhere near as good quality as this plummy uh, Amazon Basics, let's be honest, but still plummy microphone that I'm using now. So my goal for this new season is to re-record those classroom lectures. I'm going to keep the content essentially the same, although there's a part of me that's itching to mix it up, Right? I mean, I've taught this class for 15 years now. I start to say, wait, did I already say that? Right? Deja vu all the time. Textiles is a really timeless topic. And honestly, the, the way that the course has been organized, I inherited from a dear teaching mentor, Carol Easley, at University of Nebraska. It tracks but doesn't completely map onto most of the textbooks that students use and it gets into things that I feel like I can explain pretty well so yeah there's some teaching to the test but the test has grown and changed over time and what I realize students respond to in the classroom has grown and changed over time so I'm going to re-record those lectures in the nice comfy privacy of my walk-in closet studio here and then later, if I realize that the way that that's organized needs to change, I'll just have a another season of the podcast. So thank you for listening to this long introduction, but I thought it was important to help you understand why sometimes you'll be hearing me shrieking into REM 158 Uh, with students uh, that you can't hear answering questions I'm asking and me talking, I try to edit it out, but sometimes about classroom announcements and other times you'll hear warm, plummy uh, walk-in closet studio sound and it's because I'm in the process of re-recording all of those and anytime one of them is missing I'll just go back into the archives and use the one that uh, I haven't recorded yet. So hopefully this will uh, still, give you a great experience this semester uh, or whenever it is that you're listening to this. Let's talk about textiles. It's the whole point of this entire podcast. So, um, this first set of discussions about fiber properties are setting up the idea that the molecules that are used to create the fibers we'll talk about polymers in a little bit are uh have properties that are then conveyed to the yarns that are created out of them or sometimes we might take fibers straight to fabrics and that we can change those properties in many cases using a finish so our goal is to understand how we can either choose uh, the right fiber yarn uh, finish fabric construction method to create the properties we want or apply a finish afterwards in order to get to the performance that we want. Uh, Performance properties should be related to the end use So if you're making garments for electrical workers, you're really interested in whether or not they're going to catch on fire while they're being electrocuted, or maybe even not being electrocuted. I guess we should start with that. If you're making um, uh, clothes for people to wear while they're working out, you're going to be really interested in things like moisture management. So we need to understand all about how these properties arrive in the final textiles. And this is the natural time to talk about these. First of all, because uh, every step along the way in the production of textiles is a chance to rethink: Are we getting the end result we're looking for? Did we make the right choice here? And uh, because uh, there are, it's good for us to understand what the properties are, so that as we think about each of the different fiber types or um, molecular arrangements within the fiber or the uh, construction methods or different things, we can be uh, updating and reflecting on what we know about the properties. So to be honest, this very first lecture here is, um, sorry, I know I'm going to call it a lecture even though it's just me in my closet talking to you. Um, This very first lecture is going to be about the definitions of these properties. And that's because we're going to use words like luster or drape or hand in ways that you may not be using them in your everyday life now. And so it's important to know what we mean in this specialized context. So let's begin by thinking of the performance properties, how the textiles uh, in the end perform in groups. So the first group is the aesthetic group. And we might think about aesthetic as being something we see, but of course aesthetic is a sensory experience. So it could also be a smell or a sound or a taste, right? Although much of it has to do with what we, uh, how it looks and how it feels. So the very first performance property uh, is luster. And luster is uh, created by light reflecting off of the material, right? So it's not like the textile itself is shining right? Um. Uh, a star can be lustrous through its own nuclear fission, right? But the moon is lustrous because it's reflecting light from the sun. So uh, fibers aren't like glowing unless you're in a superhero situation. They are reflecting light, uh, bouncing it into the eye. So we'll learn a little bit more about that, how that works. But luster is a property we talk about. Drape, I'm looking at a drape here because I hung a drape across the back of my closet, right? So we think of drapes or drapery as these large pieces of fabric that are uh, are hung in uh, homes over windows or over walls. We might think of draping uh, a pattern, right? Or, uh, which is a pattern-making method that involves wrapping fabric around uh, a form and then uh, cutting it and pinning it so that you can then um, un- uh, remove it and see Uh, how the two-dimensional fabric tells you what it tells you about the three-dimensional form. And in fact, that pattern draping is really what gets at the definition of drape. In our case, we're not talking about curtains. We're talking about how the fabric uh, hangs on a three-dimensional form, the way in which it drapes. Uh, We test this actually using a a special-sized cone and big, specially-sized cut circles of fabric with a little hole in the middle, and we stick the hole right on the tip of the cone. We allow the fabric to drape, to fall down over the three-dimensional form of the cone, and then we evaluate how closely the fabric is touching the cone. So if it has really good drape, the fabric is plastered all over that cone. We can't see any of the cone and the fabric is in multiple tiny, tiny little folds so that every possible inch of that cone is being touched by fabric. Fabric that has uh, poor drape, on the other hand, uh, will end up just being a stiff disc at the top of the cone or maybe fall down slightly. Right. So we would use fabric that has, uh, that is stiff, that has uh, poor drape to make things like a poodle skirt that's meant to stick up. Whereas we'll use something with really excellent drape to make a, a tightly fitted gown that's meant to show off every curve of the body. That's drape. When we say texture in the textile context, we're not talking about how something feels. We have a special word for that, right? So when people say, oh, I hate the texture of peanut butter actually secretly love the texture of peanut butter. But some people might say, you know what, it's not the taste of peanut butter, it's the texture. We're talking about how it feels in their mouth. But we, when we say texture, we're talking about what it looks like. So the surface of the material, how it looks, okay? Uh, so is it disturbing our eyes with jaggedy, uh, you know, changes in shape? Are we seeing something? Uh, what characteristics does the surface of it have? Yes, we respect the fact that if we touched it, we would probably feel that texture, but the word we use for how it feels is actually called hand, right? So we don't say, mm, what is the texture of that fabric? We say, what is the hand of that fabric? For hand, it's just like um, people who taste wine professionally or people who taste coffee professionally. They might say something like, "You mm, know, it has notes of uh, chocolate with a underlying hint of tabasco, tobacco. Tobacco, tobacco. That'd be terrible. Tobacco and whiskey. Uh, they don't mean that the chocolate actually tastes like uh, tobacco and whiskey. They mean that there's something about it that reminds them of that. In the same way, we use words like warm or cool or slippery." um to describe the fabric the way the fabric feels to us and people actually train professionally to evaluate hand just like they would train to evaluate uh, the taste of chocolate or or wine or coffee now that's the first group the aesthetic group the next group is called uh, uh, is about durability and i think it's important when we think about durability Let's dig down into that word there. Dur is related to words like duration, right? Uh, It has to do with an amount of time. And ability is, well, it's about ability, right? So durability is how long something can do what it's supposed to do. So all of these performance properties related to durability are properties that will predict for us whether or not the textile is going to keep performing at the same level for as long as we want it to. So the very first property is about strength but we don't just say like mm, look at that textile make a bicep right uh, we don't we don't think about um, strength uh, we have to think about strength in a very particular way based on how we measure it which is that we actually grab both ends of the fiber or a polymer or a piece of fabric and we pull and we see how hard we have to pull before it ruptures rips apart stops being one thing so the machines that measure this, tensile testers, uh, they they can measure the tensile strength of things like cables that suspend bridges as well, right? That's really important if you're driving onto a bridge to know that the cables are strong enough to withstand the force of your car pulling it down towards the river, right? So tenacity, how uh, long something will hold together. Um, if you think about it, uh, somebody that is tenacious, right? Will grab on and not let go. Uh, you can try to pull them away right picture a little kid with their fingers on the edge of the candy counter right and the mom's got them by the legs and they're pulling them come on come on right and the kid is just tenaciously clinging to the edge of the candy counter Uh, it's a we love to see in people in life right there are things in our life that pull us away from uh, what we should be doing or what we know is good for us right so parties might pull us away from studying or work or family responsibilities might pull us away from studying but we can be tenacious we can grab on to the time we need to study and cling to it and just say no you cannot pull me away Uh, to me learning is like being in a candy store so tenacity is the term that we use to discuss the strength of textile materials. Another property that uh, can help us understand uh, durability is the abrasion resistance. It's pretty straightforward. Abrasion is something being rubbed and resistance means it doesn't uh, it can withstand the rubbing. So that kind of defines itself right there once you know what the fancy words mean. Pliability uh, is very important specifically for textiles, we'll talk about this when we get into fibers, but uh, just for now, let's define it as the ability to bend repeatedly without breaking. Right. So you want your cables that are used for your headphones to be pliable. Uh, you don't want them to break after you use them two or three times. But unlike the cables for your headphones, you want uh, textile fibers to, or textiles in general to be able to elongate. Uh, to stretch a little bit. That, that way you can bend as you're wearing them or um, uh, they have a little bit of give, right? Even, for example, a seat belt it's definitely gotta be tenacious, but you want it to elongate enough, right? So that it can absorb the impact of your body pressing against the seatbelt. So elongation is important. Another set of performance properties uh, can be grouped based on how they provide comfort. Notice I put these into these groups, but uh, depending on the textbook you're using, it may have slightly different groups, right? This is just uh, one way to talk about it. Uh, sometimes the textbook may just have a big long list of properties. I find it kind of easy to think about like, what's our goal? And then what are the properties that produce that goal? So actually, absorbency, super important property for comfort. When we ask people why they're comfortable, when we get around to it, right after something like hand the clothes aren't like hurting them uh, then it has to do with whether or not they feel sweaty sweaty and hot Uh, some people actually really like uh, dense materials people are now buying weighted blankets right because the density feels calming Um, but then in other situations uh, you want something to be really light to not be dense right Uh, the end use may, may mean it's more comfortable if it's very light Uh, wanted to mention with thermal retention, its ability to hold heat, it isn't the uh, fiber itself. It isn't the textile itself that's holding the heat. It's the air that's trapped inside the textile that's holding the heat, right? Air is a very poor conductor of heat. And so we are looking for um, thermal retention in fibers and yarns and textiles that have a little bit of open space in them so that they can hold the heat instead of um, uh, having it uh, just pass along, right? So um, thermal retention is related to how much air is in something. Uh, Another group is appearance retention. You can be really comfortable, but uh, do you look good, right? So uh, with appearance retention, we have uh, whether or not things keep their appearance over time. So uh, resiliency is our fancy word for uh, wrinkling and uh, technically defined as resisting deformation, Right, so the ability to withstand a crushing force. Uh, People are resilient when something tries to keep them down and they push back, right? Uh, Many people have experiences in life that might be crushing, but they work hard to stand up against it, right? So it may squish you down, just like a foot may squish down a fiber in a carpet, but then as soon as the crushing force is removed, that fiber stands up tall and proud again, right? So many of us work to uh, be resilient against the crushing forces of life. Dimensional stability isn't just not shrinking, Right. Sometimes clothes can grow. So we're really interested in retaining its size and shape through care. So you get it wet. Does it change? uh, Does it become a oblong instead of a rectangle? Right. Does it uh, sag on one side? Is it gotten too tight in the waist? Right. This is important uh, for it to look the same, let alone for us to want to keep wearing it. Elastic recovery, uh, we have elongation, which is great, but just because something elongates, if it doesn't bounce back, right, then it's kind of one and done, right? Uh, Sweatpants have a problem with elastic recovery. End up with that saggy, baggy, droopy, boopy bottom situation, right? Uh, From sitting in sweatpants and then it looks like a baby diaper back there uh, or in front in the knees. And that's related to the elastic recovery issue of of cotton versus uh, elastomeric fibers, fibers that actually have Elastic recovery is their main purpose. I want to talk about pilling. A pill is, yes, an annoying little sibling. It's also an annoying little ball of fiber that forms on the surface of a material, and it's especially likely if the material is really hairy. So uh, you rub it, and this little ball forms, and um, it's it's likely to form any place that there's moisture and abrasion, and if you think about the human body just for a minute, just go from the top down to the bottom and then up to the top again. Think about the places there's some abrasion, two body parts rubbing together. Think about where there's some moisture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And we're talking about places people don't want people paying attention to by having unsightly pills forming, right? And then dangling there saying, Ooh, look at that, right? So uh, pills are problematic in large part because of where they form. We'll talk about pills a bit more when we get to spun yarns. And then of course color fastness. The word fast means was it fastened? Is it secure? So is the color secure to the surface of the fabric? And then the last group is those properties that uh, help to uh, provide environmental resistance. Uh, This is very important for workplace products. I mean, comfort's important too, but uh, does it withstand, uh, you know, biological organisms, right? Or can it resist burning? Uh, Does it help resist high temperatures, right? So does it have a, a heat resistance in it? the chemical resistant that resistance that we're actually most interested in is can it resist the chemicals used in regular laundering because if it can't withstand regular care then that's problematic right we don't think of our washing machine Uh, as being an environment but you're right it's a swampy uh, hot or hopefully cooler to save electricity cooler water environment in there but then you add bleaches which are alkali Um, you may have uh, food stains that are producing an acidic uh, property and so hopefully the textile will stand up to these Uh, UV light uh, can damage people which is why uh, it it damages our DNA, which is why we want to protect ourselves from it. And so uh, we can use textiles to do that. We'll talk about that at the end of the semester. But if the textile itself is being damaged, like how can it stand up and protect us if the UV radiation is breaking bonds in the polymers that form the base of the fabric, right? So uh, whether or not something is resistant to ultraviolet light is really important. Can you leave it outside and have it perform consistently over time without decaying due to radiation and then of course uh, weather we were adding in rain and humidity and stuff like that it's important for outdoor furniture so those are the environmental properties that are important for us to think about as well so there you go Uh, your tables and your textbooks probably have lots of other properties which you can read the definitions of and it's a good idea to know all of them but I wanted to talk to you about how you could group the properties together and think about a particular end use and think about uh, how properties create those end uses. So thank you for joining me on this very first episode of the new season of Textile Update as we talk about the kind of the fundamental basics, what textiles can do for us through the lens of the performance properties. Thank you for joining me. Thank mm-hmm. you.